Welcome to the Financial Coconut Podcast Network, the leading personal finance podcast network in Singapore. I'm your host, Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut, and every Tuesday, you will be spending more time with me. <laughs> and sometimes, I will be bringing some friends along as I take you through various leading ideas that I find interesting and worthy of your time in the personal finance world today. I've decided to call this segment First Dips, hoping that you and I can get first dips on these leading ideas. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Hey, Coconut. So, yes, recently I've been doing a lot of BD work. Yes, now it's me. I go meet client and all that. Very tiring, very shack, right? So, <laughs> it is what it is. You know, and uh, as, I'm, as I met a lot of the chief investment analysts and a lot of the people that work in the financial space, a lot of people are on some level expecting a recession to come. Okay, and, and this is not inside secrets. You can see from their sentiment, all the polling online and, and all that. And I'm not here to say, oh, definitely it will happen or it will not happen or like we're not trying to make a prediction on, on these things, right? But it, it does look like every time when there's a lot of big changes with the interest rates and all that, you know, uh, yeah, it, it, there is a tendency for these things to happen. So there is some basis to be concerned about. And recently, of course, you see some of the banks having some problems. While I don't think the whole financial system will collapse, right? Because I think the big guys are just going to eat it up. And the US government is not stopping at trying to uh, dampen that problem and maintain it. Right? So I don't think that will cause the collapse of the system. But... Um, it can potentially drive uh, a recession. Right? The system don't need to collapse. There's just enough people willing to pull out. Then, you know, uh, it will cause it will cause a recession, right? And shit can happen, right? So, um, all, all that jazz, lah, right? It, it, it's in a mess. I get it. It's hard. So, uh, not here to predict, but I feel like all of us should maybe recap a little bit and and uh, you know, uh, be a little bit more ready, lah, right? A little bit more ready. So, in the next few weeks, you should see more recession type content, and I'm gonna start with resharing one of the first dips that I did with uh, Brian from 3 Forever Financial Freedom. That is his blog, right? So can go and check it out, 3 Forever Financial Freedom. If I was him, uh, I would tell him to rebrand a little bit, right? The 3 in front is like, you know, but it's okay. This is his platform, not my platform, see, right? So I'm not... <laughs> I'm not going to help him to rebrand. But uh, he did come on to share some very interesting insights or at least what he thinks millennials can do. right? Especially his point number three. I was like, wow, really? You're trying to tell millennials to explore this? Right? So uh, stay tuned all the way to the end and let me know if there are certain personal finance advice that you have. Please come to our community Telegram group and share with us. Right and yeah, stay tuned lah. We're going to be pushing out more recession type content. Not to scare you, but... Uh, just for all of us to be a little bit more aware are there certain opportunities we can do certain things we can play around what can potentially happen and all that right so yeah welcome back So good morning everyone, I welcome you to another day with 
Financial Coconut. In our podcast, we'll bang financial myths, discovering best financial practices, and discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it. Ultimately, empowering us greater life. We love while managing our finances well. I am your host Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut, and today we are going to spend time with Brian to talk a little bit about some of the millennials. Financial strategies to get through this recession together. Hard times, hard times. So maybe before we begin, you can uh, introduce yourself a little bit, you know, to our audience that don't know you and then all that. Yeah, sure. So thanks for for hosting me on the show. I'm happy to be to be here. My name is Brian. So I well, I am I was from uh, Indonesia actually. So I. But I went to to Singapore for for a very long time, and I stayed here for many many years. So I have now actually converted to a Singaporean. Well. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Welcome, welcome to the group. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, I mean, like 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 everyone else, um, I, uh, I I work as an employee here in in Singapore in in a travel industry. I also at the same time co-write a financial blog called the Three Forever Financial Freedom, which sort of chronicle my my entire journey uh, right from when I started working about like 10, 12 years ago until today. Um, so yeah, so that's basically Three Forever Financial Freedom. Why three? Yeah, because I was thinking, what what's a good name, right? And mm. uh, we, we, I think in the in the US, uh, people were talking about FIFI, right? So financial independence. So I was I wanted to be you know like sort of slightly different so I so I call it like financial freedom instead yeah and I wanted to make it like uh you know kind of a synonym three F because they are like the F F F right so okay three okay. F okay fair point how, how long have you been writing I think for our listeners that uh, don't really know you yet sure sure yeah I I've been running for about twelve years now uh, damn bro that is a super long running project <laughs> exactly man I think I think there were so many times when. I wanted to quit, like uh, you know, I wanted to take a break. There are or some ideas just couldn't flow out of my of my head, right? Or, I know, I know. Write. Trust me, I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I want to quit so many times. Yes, 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 yes. But but I think I think it's a uh, it's good that you know until today, uh, managed to to keep it running and and to see that progress, right? I mean, if I if even if I if I read my own articles today. For the few years which I have written much earlier, it's obviously a journey. Uh, I can see that that uh, I'm growing. I mean, it, not just in terms of the financial aspect, but in terms of the, the mindset and the entire journey before I, before I got married, and then I'm, before I got a kids, and then now I'm a family man and things like that. So hopefully, you'll be around for the next ten years as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, and then your kid can take <laughs> over, and then you know. <laughs> And then yeah, things, sort of like things compound, <laughs> right? And then it continues. <laughs> Hopefully so. <laughs> yeah, but for all of you listening, uh, I decided to get Brian on the show because of the blog, right? So I actually came across a few of the articles. I was like, yeah, it looks pretty good, right? So there are a lot of good juices. So for all of you tuning in, you should check out his blog. But specifically for today, I think we wanted to spend some time to talk about how millennials right, can double down on this current recession situation. So there's a very specific parameter here, right? Millennials first, right? So maybe Brian, you can kick us off like, what's so special about this group called millennials? Yeah, I think the, the thing about millennials today, right? Especially in today's cost of environment, high inflation, high cost of living is rising. Wait, are you a millennial first? 
<laughs> though I won't consider myself a millennial anymore. So you're on the tail, you're on the tail end. You're the old uh, elder yes. millennial, elder one. Exactly, I'm, I'm at the tail end. <laughs> okay, yes, yes. <laughs> not yes. that it is a good, not that it is a good thing, but <laughs> mm, 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 mm. but at least uh, I can totally see the difference, uh, the, uh, the the stress level, right? Uh, I, I was every one of us uh, used to be a once a millennial, myself included. And today, looking back at millennials right now, they're facing a much more kind of pressure and environment, right? So a lot more difficult to, to get jobs and especially in this tough, so-called like almost potentially a recessionary market. So not easy to get a job, not easy to secure a good job. Uh, your pay is not rising as much, but everything else, the cost of living is, is rising, <laughs> including housing, right? So, so yes. what can you say? Yes, yes. Someone was telling me Yakun is at what, $6.20 now or something like exactly. that? Exactly. Crazy, right? I, I mean, was like, oh my goodness. My, my Someone shared me a photo. I was like, are you in London? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I was like, Singapore price. I was like, oh, crazy stuff. <laughs> crazy insane. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. So I think millennials, like you said, right, it's in a very awkward situation. We go through a lot of cycles and just happens to be one of the very horrid situations. So specifically to all of you listening in, which most of our listeners are millennials, we know where you're at, lah. Okay, we know, <laughs> we know we're vibing Welcome. here. Yeah, we're vibing here, right? So with that as the backdrop, Brian, what is the first point that you have for us? How should we play this current recession? Yeah, I think these, uh, these recessionary times are very stressful times, right? Not just for um, each individual, like you and me, uh, but also for companies worldwide, right? So basically, everyone is just trying to sort of tough it out these one to two years and then you know, see how it plays out. As an individual, I think you know, going through a, a, a bear market or a recessionary time is a very stressful time, right? So the one thing that I wanted to make, you know, keep myself sane at least is to at least get my income ongoing. So for me personally, uh, because I work for a company, so I, I do receive regular monthly income and that helps a lot. I mean, not just from that, from the dollars and cents, uh, but in terms from the, from your emotional set, right? Uh, the fact that you know you got that regular paycheck coming in during these tough times are going to help a lot, even in your investing in these times. Obviously, cost of living is rising a lot. So, you know, your bills never stops coming, right? You, you, it's not that it's a, it's a recession and then suddenly your electricity bill is going to come down. In fact, it's gone up, right? So, you know, the fact that you have this... Uh, regular it's always going up, just saying. Exactly. <laughs> it never comes down. It never, down. Comes, it never down. comes down. Oh always go up. Always got reason to to adjust up. Never exactly. ever comes down. Yes, yes. <laughs> but so what I'm hearing is to stay employed, right? Essentially get an income. So are you telling us to not do the great resignation thing? <laughs> well, I think the, the great resignation thing was uh, not not too long ago uh, a very popular idea, right? Where where people just wanted to. It's still a popular idea. You know? it's, still, it's still ongoing. It's still yes, happening. Yeah. yeah, I think still a lot of people are doing it. <laughs> yeah. I think to be fair, uh, a lot of opportunities out there, right? We're not just talking about one source of income where you directly have to you know, get your source of income from just being an employee. I think these, uh, these are times where you can actually make money a lot you know, everywhere as long as you work hard. Make money off YouTube videos, short, short videos or podcasts. <laughs> or even just writing I would say it's a lot harder la, you know but it is, it <laughs> it's is, a lot harder than what you think it is but yes yes okay okay interesting interesting so what about your own experience I mean you, you went through 
great financial crisis. You went through, like I me, mean, we all went through the COVID situation. So how is staying employed, you know, helping you to through all these recession times? Yeah, I think I uh, my own story comes from came from uh, the fact that I actually graduated right at the depth of the great financial crisis. So I graduated back in 2008. So that was when the entire global financial crisis unfolded, right? So I had actually quite difficult times back then securing a job. I went for, I mean, like, like most others, I went for many, many interviews, you know, applied for many jobs, but got very little in return, right? So I think I, fortunately, I took uh, about like four or five months to secure a job. And, and from then on, even there were pay cuts, there were no bonus, there were no increments. So everyone was just basically uh, staying during that times to float. And to, to float around to make sure that, you know, in the, in the next few years, you can still survive, the company can still survive and grow from there. Yeah. And, and, and also not, not, not so long ago, I think we all faced that, uh, that COVID situation, right? In 2020, when uh, a lot of companies as well were affected. So myself included, I think even my, my, my income were also being cut 30, 40% for mm. about six months or so. It's, I mean, not as bad as others who obviously lost their, their jobs totally, right? And cannot find a new one. But still, to have your money income suddenly cut by 30-40% is like no joke. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Your, 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 your bills are not like going off by 30-40%. So, it's really stressful time. But I'm glad that, you know, we went through that one. I went past that. Managed to get stronger. And I mean, the entire thing is just about mentally going through these uh, difficult times. And, and once you pass this, uh, you will look back uh, in, you know, in good memory. Can you help me elaborate a little bit? Because when people talk about staying employed, rarely do I hear this whole like mental side of things. You know, like, <laughs> you know, which I think is interesting because there's a lot of studies around, you know, having something repetitive, right? To, to keep you kind of going to it. Right? So I, I, maybe that's where you're coming from. I want to hear your viewpoint on like, how is staying employed keeps you sane or like you know keeps you strong through this process sure sure yeah. i think i think the fact that you uh you have your uh, you have things to do right you have work to do uh it gives you a lot of but now you have fortitude. kids to take care also that there's a kid exactly <laughs> i hear your kid. Is that your kid <laughs> yes yes okay yes, <laughs> Sorry, yes. no worries, no worries so, yeah. so so yeah so i mean being able to stay employed i think gives you a very strong mental fortitude right because at the, at the end of the day every one of us have 24 hours I know we have families, we have things to do, passion, hobbies, right? But to be able to have that uh, productivity, you know, the fact that you're, you keep your, your brain and productive and, and your mental state ongoing, especially during these uh, recessionary times, is very important because you keep yourself up to date with whatever the companies are doing, right? So uh, you also learn. You also, you also don't just like do your work and that's it. You you grow over time with the company. You sort of like grow your uh, grow your resume and things like that. So you gain all this experience by actually doing difficult work, and these difficult works usually come from difficult environment like today. Very interesting point. Don't really hear people talk about you know how how having work keeps you sane. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so so that's great. And and I think for a lot of us listening in that you think like oh maybe it's recession. I want to take a break. I want to do nothing else. You know, if that is what you you are pursuing, I think it's also fair. But from a personal experience from someone that has kind of like traveled around for a prolonged period, right? Uh, suddenly being thrown into a situation where you don't really have a lot of things to do may not be the healthiest either. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. There's there's a little bit of transition here and there. Just be conscious about it and kind of pace yourself. 
Okay, so thank you for point number one. Uh, and now let us go to point number two. How should a millennial play this recession? Sure, I think the, the second uh, point is, uh, will be more towards a little bit more on the investing side, right? And at the end of the day, uh, we want to take advantage of these recessionary times, right? And uh, a bear market in a tough environment like today is your best bet for your longer-term ROI return on your investment. Especially if you are a millennial, your time horizon is a much longer runway than, uh, than anyone else. You should definitely look forward to these times from an investment point of view because you have a much longer run. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, yes. Yeah, so accumulating every interval essentially is on the investment side of things, right? Point number two, right? Expand a little bit this for us. Sure, yeah. I think the the easiest way to come and tackle a, a bear market without getting more in, emotionally invested in yourself is by investing at regular intervals. I know this sounds almost like a, like a very boring advice, right? But to be able to regularly put off your emotion aside, uh, put off all the bear market news that you, you read and watch on, on social media and things like that takes a very strong courage and, and effort more than uh, what anyone else thinks. So to be able to put your sum of money regularly during a, a particular interval can be once a month or it can be twice a month or once in two months up to you, right? But the point is that what the point that I'm trying to say is that if you do this consistently, you put your emotions out of the entire picture. And once the entire bear market runs out uh, over the next, let's say, one, two, three years, you will be able to put yourself in much very strong positions uh, when the next uh, cycle comes in. I think a lot of people have already heard something along these lines, right? Like invest and, you know, acquire at the bottom, blah, blah, blah. So to expand on the discussion, right? What is your experience like in terms of acquiring, you know, during bad times? How, how does it really work in practice for you, right? From an emotional, from a strategic standpoint, mm. all that. Sure. Yeah, because I think I think in uh, uh, in investment, a lot of people, I mean, everyone, in fact, like uh, you want to be able to sell your investment at the, at the higher, right? And then you want to be able to re-enter back when the market bottoms, right? So that's what everyone wants. <laughs> yeah, sounds, but, sounds I mean, so good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it sounds good to be true, right? So, and the and, and funny thing is that everyone thinks they can do that, right? Everyone thinks they can nicely time the market at the high and then rebuy uh, the market at the low, but... Especially the professionals, right? I mean, that's, that's why... Okay, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's Especially why they call the fund managers, the yeah. fine managers and professionals, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and even themselves, the, the smartest people of all these banks and investment bankers, they didn't get it right all the time. In fact, I think if you look at the, a lot of fund managers' record, which uh, tends to go in and out, uh, tends to lack uh, a person who is basically just putting in regular intervals money at S&P 500 over the long run, Right? And you can do that by easily just putting, just, you know, without putting a more emotionally invested in, in, in things like that. Because the fact that you're trying to time it, uh, the market by selling at the high, rebuying at the low, 
it's extremely stressful process, right? Because you have to constantly keep up with the, with the news, the media, the noises from your friends. And it's just so tiring. And at the end of the day, you, you have to get like uh, your, your two timing correct. One is at the selling and one is at the buying. Right? And it's, it's never easy to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what I'm hearing also, you're talking a lot about, you know, this whole like buying the broad base, right? Or like, like you know, it's S&P 500. Essentially, it's the, it's the broad base of the American index, right? So for our listeners, you know, th- there's a whole spectrum of people, right? Some people are like stock pickers and some people will be more like broad based, you know, more index funds. You know, what, what, what are your thoughts? You know, cannot say advice. Advice very contentious. Mm. <laughs> what, are your, what are your thoughts around this? So let's say I want to accumulate, okay, during hard times, especially during tough times, right? Good times, you buy whatever, stone throw away, you also make money. Right? So during, exactly. <laughs> during tough times now, <laughs> what would you accumulate or how would you, yeah, essentially, how would you do it? Sure. Yeah, I think I think the global index uh, funds, right? Like like you mentioned, the the S and P or the the global uh, emerging market ETFs. It's a very safe bet over the long run, right? I mean, you still have to segregate your portfolio allocation. You don't put like hundred percent in in one basket, right? Obviously, but you know, especially if you don't go too much into investing, investing yourself, you don't want to invest a lot of time in in all this aspect. These ETFs are basically your best bet. You will never go wrong with you know index fund like S and P five hundred because it basically consists a lot of multinational companies basket at one go, right? Of course, if you like a little bit more work in depth, deep dive a little bit into companies, and you enjoy this part of your research analysis, then you can of course go into a little bit more stock picking, and this is where all the all the fun part comes in, right? Because you know, some companies may give you much better return than S&P, but vice versa, right? You can get like a lot worse uh, return. So, so you get your good and bad and yeah. Okay. So it's not a situation where during harder times, people should just buy the index, you know, or, or it, should, it should be a situation where you just stick to what you believe in and what you're good at. So, you know, you know, you know where I'm coming from? Like, is it because now it's a bad time? So, okay, instead of picking, why not just pick the whole thing? You know, and then, exactly. yeah, is there, is there something like that or just stick to your plan? For me personally, I think it's uh, the, the S&P, for example, it's, it's never, it never goes wrong, right? It's, it's, a, it's a bulletproof plan, whether during good times or bad times, at least. For stock picking, it's a little bit more tricky because in bad times, like right now, for example, a lot of companies, some of the potentially strong companies, their fundamentals may get structurally affected. And if you're not careful about doing more in-depth analysis on that particular company, you may get a longer-term uh, mode which might be affected, right? So we all know, for, ex- for instance, uh, Netflix used to be a very strong player, right? But but recently, because of the competition, because of valuation and, and the environment today, they are, they, are, they are facing quite a bit of tough journey in the next three to five years, for instance. So you do have to do more homework, I would say, on, on each particular companies than, let's say, an index fund. Okay, fair, cool. And um, tangential question, are you concerned about the US dollar? You know, because the people are talking about, oh, if the US dollar is going to no longer be the reserve currency and then that will shake the whole, essentially the whole US financial structure, right? If the whole thing gets devalued, you know, are you concerned about something like that? Not right now. 
probably be, uh, I, I know the U, I know the USD has been going very strong like in the in recently. In fact, euro, euro, and many other currencies are going the other direction. But yeah, but I think US will still play a, a very strong role. Uh, US dollars uh, in the next few years. I know a lot of people are talking about China as the next superpower and you know uh, the next reach of currency and so on. But I think in terms of from a structural point of view, there's there are still a lot to be done from China to convince the world, you know, otherwise. Okay, good point. Which brings us to point number three and what is the third strategy for all of us? Yeah, so the third strategy is actually another strategy which kind of uh, complement point number two, which is to, to do regular intervals uh, on the investment. Uh, but this one goes a little bit more slightly in depth for more, I would say, experienced investors or Investors who like to learn a little bit more, uh, especially options, right? So for for options, basically, the uh, without going into very technical, uh, the uh, the entire idea of option is basically to also average in your price at regular intervals at the price that you are basically comfortable at. So for instance, a very easy example would be let's say if Apple is uh, trading at one hundred dollars today. And you don't think that $100 is good enough or at least safe enough. Maybe you want, you want to enter it a 10% lower at, let's say, $90. Options actually allow you to have the strategy to, to allow you to wait uh, for, for Apple price to, to go down to $90. But at the same time, it will pay you uh, what it costs, like a, a premium in return for you to wait. So while basically the, the entire idea is while you are waiting for Apple to price to drop to $90, you're basically getting a little bit of money from the, the other sellers. Mm-hmm. Help us expand a little bit because I think options is, firstly, it is a, it's a derivative. So there's a lot of other strategies that people play with depending on what are their goals, right? So what is this particular option strategy that you are thinking of and that you think yeah, is worth the discussion? Sure. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think options has a lot of very uh, have a have a very basic or complex strategies, right? Depending on on how you use them, and and I think one caveat to to mention is options is never as safe or risk free as uh, many people would put it that way. Like in in a bull market, people would would just say option is like free money, right? Risk free, free money. Everyone is making money. Uh, but it is not as easy as that. You still have to have that very strict discipline to use option as to complement your uh, longer term strategy in order to do that. So one, one strategy which I use personally for myself is a, what we call the option wheels strategy, which is a um, basically a, a selling put strategy to buy in. And once I, I own um, that mother share position, I usually will take the other opposite end of direction i will then sell my call uh, position in order to wait for uh, for the price to be able to buy and sell so technically what is that complements from your from everyone's traditional strategy is basically the same we want to buy low and sell high right and an option just complement option wheel strategy complements that by similarly asking you to buy low and sell high but they will pay you the premium for buying low, for waiting to buy low, and for you to wait to sell high. Mm, okay, can you help us elaborate a little bit on like what is the, you know, every strategy sounds perfecto, right, on the game, mm. right? <laughs> but what is the potential like 
downside that this thing can happen? Yeah, I think uh, the potential downside is you have to look at it from a risk point of view. So obviously, option is not as uh, risk-free as many people would have thought. If things go out of your way, you can have margin call, especially if you don't have cash, for example, to buy that particular share uh, when you get called, right? And then, of course, secondly, is that uh, one drawback with option is also because it works on a minimally 100 shares, so one contract, which is equivalent to 100 shares of the uh, US shares. So some companies like Tesla or maybe Booking.com, 100 shares, it's, it means like it's hundreds of thousands at one go. So you, no joke, like you, uh, if you get called in, basically you have to have 200, 300,000 to buy Booking.com or even to buy Alphabet, right? So you just have to make sure you, you, you cover yourself and have uh, the cash to, uh, to be able to cover yourself uh, and not play this uh, just purely on margin. Okay, cool. And I, I think for this particular strategy, it's quite well documented out there already. But if you want more specific you know, ideas on how this is done, you can always check out Brian's blog. Right, so in closing, is there any other thing you want to share with us, you know, aside from these three points, specifically to the millennials trying to overcome these very hard times when Yakun Kaya Toast is 620? You know, <laughs> like, yeah, tell us. Yeah, I think, I think one, one, one strategy which uh, I, I have em- embedded in my blog, right, is right when I started working, I think we, I, I always put it as three levers. So my, my potential three levers will come from uh, one, Number one, source of income. Obviously, you want to grow your source of income as many as, as, as high as possible from as many sources as possible, right? Number two, uh, my, my second lever would come from your savings, right? It doesn't matter how high you earn, but if you spend a lot, then it kind of destroys your entire thing. So point number two, levers number two would be on savings. Uh, you should have, as a millennial, I think you should aim for minimally 50% of your savings rate, especially if you are still single and doesn't have a family. And then, <laughs> speaking, <laughs> speaking, from, speaking from experience, after <laughs> transiting <laughs> to become a family man, yeah, yes, it yes. just goes, goes all the way. Everything down. gone. <laughs> hey, where, where's my savings? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then levers number three would then come from your investment, basically compounding return and uh, how to grow your money over time. So I think these three levers, uh, ideally, you should be good in minimally two out of the three. The best is, of course, three, three out of the three. But if you're only good in one out of the three, that will kind of spell trouble. Especially if you don't even have zero, if you have zero out of the three, right? Mm, mm. Yeah, so it doesn't matter if you earn a very high income, but if you don't know how to save, you don't know how to compound your, your return, you're, you'll not do as, as good as, as it is. Yeah, yeah, but we... We all start somewhere. So yes, uh, let's, let's see how to keep improving together. Okay, so thank you for joining us today and thank you all you coconuts for tuning in today on this new format that I'm trying called Facilitated Monologues, right? Where it's not just me, friends of the show to come on the show to share with you more. So anything more uh, you want to read from Brian, check out 3foreverfinancialfreedom.com. Link is in the description below. Thank you, Brian. See you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Reggie. Thanks all. Bye. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. 
It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Wow. Um, I come to realize that I actually recorded this with him while I was in Paris, right? I was I was stuck in COVID and I had COVID and then I was like, oh my God, Brian, I'm not sure if I can record with you, but I'll try, right? Because I, yeah, my, my voice was essentially dead. Lah. So as you can tell, I should ensure my voice. So, <laughs> but yeah, this was in Paris. Now I am back in KL. So, wow. The world moves very fast, huh? Or is it just me? I just jump around a lot, huh? And if you love uh, today's episode, I think in our repertoire, there are a few other um, episodes that were really, really aligned with this whole recession thing. Like like on first dips, we have 168, you know, which is about uh, why growth stocks collapse during a recession. And also, I think uh, I did talk a little bit about you know, what are certain things I'm taking advantages of, which uh, on some level did pay out uh, on 152. So uh, TF's uh, first dips 152. Uh, so you can go and check out some of the older episodes. Uh, hopefully it helps you. right? And from time to time, I reshare episodes, of course, to help me buy time because I got a lot of things to do, right? But at the same time, we have so many episodes, it's very hard for you to discover to everything. So I find I hope you find today's episode uh, useful and go and check out other recession-relevant content. And next week, next week, I want to do something a bit more special, right? Because I think a lot of people are thinking about this, right? So next week, we're going to talk about this whole idea of like, if today I start investing with 100,000, how will I do it, right? And I will come from a perspective of what most people can do rather than a select group of people that will spend a lot of time to go and dig deep and research and, and, and all that jazz, right? So... Next week, I will share yeah, my thoughts around if I had 100000 and I'm going to start investing today, what would I do? So yeah, stay tuned next week. Huh? Before the 200 episode, that will be like probably about podcasting. Like, we'll see, we'll see. Okay, so yeah, thank you for always loving what we do. I'll see you next week.